Hello everybody, how's it going and welcome back to the As Always podcast. This is episode 168. I'm one of your hosts, James, and I'm joined as always by Tyler. As always, how's it going, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Happy to be here mm-hmm. uh, for another episode of the As Always podcast. A bit different today mm-hmm. because it's a spoiler cast episode of the As Always podcast, but a regular numbered episode, mm-hmm. and that's why it's a little delayed True. this time around. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's part of the reason. It's a good excuse. It's not the whole reason, um, no. But... No, it's not the whole reason. We'll get into the whole reason. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are going to be talking yeah. about House of the Dragons, Game of Thrones, uh, premiere, new spinoff series, mm-hmm. full spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, you're not a Game of Thrones fan, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but this is yeah. what it is. Go watch it. I, I highly recommend it. Um, and we'll be talking full spoilers, theories, all that sort of stuff. And that includes the original Game of Thrones series. I'm sure we'll get into bit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how much we'll talk about. It. We might not talk about it at all. But just in case, I'm sure we'll be throwing shit out there yeah, sure. from the original for eight sure. seasons of Game of Thrones as well. So just sort of like keep that in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, how are you doing, James? Oh, you know, I'm doing pretty well. Um, just vibing, just doing bits and bobs. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, just, just, just vibing. I'm doing pretty well. Yep. Yep. I, um, I got almost no sleep last night. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a midweek recording, which isn't normal. So it's sort of like, I'm a bit, I don't know what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. but I woke up at two 30 in the morning last night and I didn't get back to sleep till five 30 and I had to get up at six 30 oh, for rough. work. That is rough. Um, so it's sort of like, it's always the fucking way where it's like, I may as well just fucking get up at this point, but of course that's when I fall asleep, sleep for an hour, and then I wake up feeling mm. like I've got no sleep, and I'm like, oh god, yeah. I'm a zombie. And it's I realized it's because, and this is what I was like, this trip is coming up very fast in a few weeks uh, overseas, mm-hmm. and there's a few little things that like haven't been sorted because this has got so many problems with airlines at the moment with how fucking hectic they are, people getting back to traveling, the COVID rules, all that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all, obviously all the years of layoffs, uh, downsizing, refinancing of these airlines and travel companies. There's a lot of shit going on at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and they've moved some of my flights and now there's like a stopover that's... I have like 45 minutes to go from a stopover in the US mm-hmm. to get to an international departure to get to London. Oof. And I'm like, how the fucking 45... It's not possible. That's, and it yeah. initially wasn't. There was a three-hour layover enough time and now there's not because the, the, the London to London flight moved back and the to that lay of the place I think it's Philly mm-hmm. um, yeah that <laughs> that went forward so and I've tried to like call them and there's like everyone's like oh unless you're uh, flights in the next 24 hours use our like re- change flight request forms and I've done I did it weeks ago and I haven't fucking heard anything they're like 48 hours we'll get back to you mm, I haven't fucking heard from them and I, I realized that I woke but there's also there's more than that but there's a couple things like that a hotel was fucked up things like that but I woke up and I was realizing that I was just panicking for three hours stressing yeah. about because I've been putting off organizing shit I'm like yeah yeah I'll call I'll do that tomorrow and I just hadn't done it. Mm-hmm. And today I did it. And I was really like, I feel better today. I yeah. feel way better right now. Because 
I got no sleep and I realized I'm like, oh, it's catching up with me now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm stressing because I ha- I've procrastinated multiple things. Yeah. Um, still happens. haven't sorted out the flight, so I'm still going to hear back. But honestly, I've just looked up other flights. I'm like, it's a couple hundred bucks. I'm like, I'll fucking buy a new flight and then get a refund on one of the old flights later down the road. Mm-hmm. I'm not that fussed as long as I get to places on time. Yeah, yeah. Is, I'm... This is a question for you. This is an interesting question to start the As It Was podcast. Um, we will thank, of course, our producers that make this show happen. So if you like what you're listening to here and you want to hear see more, head over to patreon.com forward slash as always. For just as little as $1 a month, you get exclusive access to over 145 episodes of the Clubhouse podcast, the best podcast on the internet. It's powered by you, the people of the People's Podcast. Uh, so thank you to our producers that make this show happen. This could be you if you head over to patreon.com forward slash as always. Thank you to Ollie the Superior, Ollie Baron, King Damien, the Not So Orange Name, Farentino, Flash Paradox, King Richard III, Albrecht Ryan, Hafer, and Ballsack47. Thank you, Swift Insights, for empowering this podcast. James, question for you that I just thought of. Every, we're all different types of people, and, and I'm, I'm one of few, at least in my friend group. I'm more about my time in terms of what I value than my money. How are you on that? Hang on like, a I'm Hold someone on. that's the like... Do- the door is... Someone's I just door. heard the doorbell. Give me a I don't know oh what's going on. Give me, give me a minute. Unbelievable. Okay. So, I'll explain to you, ladies and gentlemen. I am a time... My time over money person. I don't value... Like, I value money. But I don't value money as much as I value my time. And a lot of other people are like, oh, I... I really strict on their budget, really strict on the saving. And don't, don't get it twisted. Like I'm responsible and I obviously have things I want to save for and, and things I do save for. And obviously I'm taking this trip, but in general, I'm a time efficient. What's going to get me in and out of this place as fast as possible. What's going to get me to the place as fast as possible. What's going to get this done for me. I'm not as worried about the time. I can hear conversations going out of the background. James, what is happening? What's happening? There's the door. Yo. Is he is he back? Yeah. Who was that? It was Elva. She locked herself out. She, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I heard like I was like, is that Elva in the background? <laughs> like he said, like I was like, what's going on? Yeah. Um <clears throat> I was gonna say she should enter the fucking door. Um <laughs> I was just explaining, I just said I'm much more uh, value my time over how much I value my money sort of person. Mm-hmm. So like if I can get something done quicker, if I don't have to do something, I can pay for it. I'm doing that. Yeah. If I can get in and out, whatever's the quickest, I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I don't need to like hunt for the bargains or the sales, you know, mm-hmm. if I see one, great. I'm not hunting for it. I'm just not that person. I wish I was. I'd probably, uh, I'd probably have a, big house right now and a lot of nice things but i i'm much mm. happier this way yeah i've done a lot more with my time i can tell you that right now mm-hmm. how are you with it what are you are you a time person or are you a, like a strict budget can't spend money type person? oh no what, what i'm i'm very similar to you i i yeah, good. my I my dad because because i tend to not value money as much and i'm like ah oh, it's fine like i'll just pay for it if it's quicker my dad yeah. will because he very much does value money more well like he'll usually just do it for me like if it's something and he knows i'm gonna do it he's like no no no, i'll find it for you i'll find the cheapest thing and i'm like all right if you want to um yeah yeah but i <laughs> yeah, yeah, just so don't care that much it's just like 
it's too much like you're wasting a lot of time by searching around for like you know i've that's how I feel. The cheapest too. thing. That's it's like I, I could have done the yep. thing, you know? I, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then I'm doing another thing. And then now I'm doing another thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. I could have done two or three things by the time you've done one thing just so you can save a couple bucks. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And sometimes, in fairness, it's worth it. Sometimes it is. But I feel like the general rule in the way I live my life is it's not. Yeah. My time's more valuable than my money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, dep- it depends on the thing. Sometimes, you know, you'll be saving a lot more. But if, if you're saving a lot more, usually it's way easier to find that. Like, you don't have to really there's go a line. for it. Yeah, there's definitely a line. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'm, there's definitely a line of things. I'm like, look, fuck it, I'll just pay for it. Tell me I haven't... Like, I feel like you wash your own car. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I was raised. You wash your own car inside out. But recently, I'd sort of neglected my car. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what... I'm fucking, I'm paying someone to do this shit. I'm not fucking doing it myself. I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. What? In and out, like hundred bucks. Fuck it. Let's do that. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. 50 quid. You know, yeah. let's do it. In and out of my, yeah, fucking let's do it. And it'll be way better than I can do with it. And also it'll be done way faster. Yeah. And again, that's not. I'm not going to do that all the time. Most of the time, I'm going to clean my own car. I've never like, cleaned my but own car. Really? No. My dad does. No. My dad cleans his own car. I just. I'm a clean, I cannot be fucked operator. with that. I'd rather yeah. someone else do it. It's easier. Mm. It is efficient with time. I guess I was like. I would like. Mum and dad would give me money to wash their cars growing up. So I like, it was never a big deal job. Yeah. So I think that's why I've always thought that, but I was like, Ooh, I'm fucking paying someone to wash my car. <laughs> like if I had millions of dollars, the things I would spend it on would be time efficient things. Mm. You know, like if I won the lotto, it wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't just hoard it all and then buy like yachts and shit i wouldn't care i'd buy i live in a normal house tell you what the shit i'd buy uh personal uh, like a nutritionist so they fucking cook meals i'm not doing any of that shit that's being done and i'm someone's cleaning the house that's being done i'd rather live in a moderate house and pay people to do things i don't want to do that's what i would do with my millions of dollars if i had it you know Mm -hmm. i would rather live that way than live in a mansion have to clean that myself yeah you know I'm never washing a car ever again. I'm never, unless I want to, like I do like cooking to be fair, but like I would definitely pay someone to cook most of the time. Mm. And I would also definitely pay someone to clean the house. Yeah. Cause again, would be better than I could do it. Mm-hmm. Would be better than I could do it. I cleaned my whole fucking apartment today. This is a great podcast. I'm supposed to be cleaning <laughs> my house. Um, but dude, it took so long and it's not that big, but like, once in a while, I'll go extra. Like, I'm going hard. The shower's getting, like, hard scrubbing. Mm-hmm. The corners of the, every room, hard scrubbing. Yeah. Like, rarely do I do that, go that hard. But I'm, I am a clean person. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty, like, neat, clean freak in general. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if I don't make my... Like, there's not a day I don't, like... The bed's made as soon as I get up. That's the first job being done mm-hmm. i don't ever have like i don't have a messy room at any point everything's where it should be 
I've got bags packed all ready for tomorrow. I've got gym bag work. Like I'm an organized person, mm-hmm. but all I would do, that's how I operate. Efficiency, efficiency. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be in place. And that's how I, I guess I see money as well. Yeah. How can it, how can it make my life more efficient? Not how can I get the most with the smallest amount? Mm. It makes sense. Yeah, I think so. I'm glad you operate the same way. I just find so many people, especially in my life, think I'm an insane person. Yeah, Elva definitely doesn't like it that much because she's very much wants the cheapest possible thing. So it's yeah. a bit, but but you know, I don't. Mind. I like nice shit as well. Yeah, true, like, exactly. Like I don't I want like, nice yeah. stuff. Like often, Elva will buy something and it's shit, and I'm like, well, how much did it cost you? You know, like. You, you know, you've, you, you've bought something that's really fucking cheap. Like, obviously, it's going to be yeah. shit. Um, yeah, people, most brag, of the time, to you, when people brag to you about, like, oh, my God, I got this, like, 20 bucks. How good is that? And I'm like, yeah, but it's shit. <laughs> I'd rather spend 100 bucks <laughs> on that same thing. And it'd be good quality. Yeah. So I'm going to break in a minute. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I don't, like, yeah, I don't know. I like nice shit. Mm-hmm. I like nice shit. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, there was one topic before we get into House House of... Um, is it House of the Dragon or Dragons is a plural? House of the Dragon. It's Dragon, right? Just, Just one. Dragon. One dragon. Yeah. yeah. There's only, well, there's there's more than one dragon. There are more than one um, dragon. But it's only one dragon family. Yes. So, so it's I House guess that's of where, the Dragon. The Dragon. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it is about another fantasy show, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Mm-hmm. Well, not really about The Rings of Power, but it's about Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But The Rings of Power show is, of course, coming out in two weeks. It is. And I've somehow got to not watch that, avoid all spoilers for Ooh. another few weeks until I'm with fucking David. Mental. Because I said I'd watch it with him, but that's... Oh, God. <laughs> um, oh, I've got to go insane. More, well, A lot more nervous for that, that show anyway. But there's been some changes with the rights to the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and the Hobbit material. Yeah. And there's now been rumors, speculation, reports, news, if you will, that the new rights owners of the Lord of the Rings uh, want to potentially make a whole bunch of fucking spin-off movies Ooh. and TV shows. Now I love a good based spin-off. On Lord of the Rings. So this is um New Rides Holder Embracer Group are exploring additional movies based on the iconic characters such as Gandalf, Aragorn, Gollum, Galadriel, oh. Eowyn, and other characters from the literary works of J.R.R. Tolkien. Oh no. Uh it sounds very um when Fox tried to make their own X-Men universe and it was a fucking disaster. That's what it sounds like. You know, like when they, when they, when they did the X-Men Origins Wolverine and they were going to do one for like Magneto and one for like Storm and stuff. Um, just standalone films for these heroes for some reason. It reminds me of that, um, which was, you know, it was bad. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be funny if they do it. James, place. this is this is maybe my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. This is this is maybe my worst but, nightmare. But Tyler, you love Lord of the Rings. They're just gonna do more of it. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be like Marvel. I 
me sorted. I, if I never ever for the rest of my life see another Lord of the Rings new piece of media, mm-hmm. it'll be too soon. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that is, there's nothing to add. Yeah. There is Tolkien's literary works that I reread and will continue to reread for the rest of my life. There are also the greatest film trilogy of all time in The Lord of the Rings by Peter Jackson mm-hmm. that I watch, rewatch, and will continue to rewatch until my dying days. You can't beat either of those things. Mm-hmm. You'll never make movies better than those. I don't need more. I, I don't need any more. They're yeah. perfect. Everything the way it is is perfect. It has been perfect, other than the Hobbit trilogy, for 25 years. Not 25, 20 years. Mm-hmm. We don't need any more. I don't need the Rings of Power show. It's happening. It's what it is. Fuck it. But they... Tr- um, dude, if they try to remake the Lord of the Rings... That'd be fucking funny. There's no way. There's no way. I feel like, like I feel like you can't do to Lord of the Rings fans what people what has been done to Star Wars and Marvel fans because it's a different fan base, you know. Like I, I, just, I don't and know. that's why I've always been okay with Star Wars and Marvel doing this shit because I'm like, I don't really like. I like. I love. I love Star Wars. I love Marvel, but it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. None of them are. None of them have ever been perfect. There's been a lot that's really great that I love. Captain America films, in game like there's a Iron Man. Like there's a lot of Marvel that I fucking love, mm-hmm. but none of it's perfect. Yeah. Except Captain America and his arc. Other than that, but then you got Star Wars, and I love a lot of the Star Wars films. But none of them are perfect. None of them are perfect. Not one of those. The Lord of the Rings trilogy are perfect. They're perfect. They're perfect. And what are we going to do? Have a Gandalf movie and it's not Ian McKellen? Yeah. Have an Aragon film it's not Viggo Mortensen? Galadriel. We've got a Galadriel show about to happen. Yeah. It's an odd choice. Arwen? Eowyn? Like having spinoffs? Why? What the fuck are we talking about? It's every everybody wants. You're not going to have Liv Tyler know, play Arwen. They want their successful universe, don't they? That's what everybody wants. And they're like, oh, we could do it with Lord of the Rings. We can do it with you know Harry Potter, with Star Wars, with Marvel, with DC, with whatever. I've never hated Marvel more than I do right now. <laughs> Marvel. Marvel, and as much as I love Marvel, has in a way like. Not completely, because I do think the cinema industry is still there. But I, it, Tom Cruise saved it. There that. was a there was a period there where it did feel like Marvel had destroyed the film industry. Where like you got you got what's on at the cinema? It's just these major universe franchises. It's Marvel. It's you know Star Wars is dominating Disney Plus streaming platforms. It's yep. you, you, these these standalone films. These like you know these these movies that used to do well are now just being absolutely just you know buried underneath marvel stuff um and it's it it just sucks and like as well like marvel right now is 
it's exactly what, you know, people that always hated it said that it was when it used to be good. It's just become that. It's like now yeah. it is just nothing. Like it doesn't mean anything anymore. There's no, there's nothing there. Like, you know, and that's what happens to, you know, that's going to happen to most major things if you keep going through it and then you just end up in this position where you just, you're just putting stuff out and you're forced to put stuff out and you don't really know what you're doing and you just, you know, whatever. And it, 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 it sucks that because it's so successful, everyone then wants a piece of that. And it means that any other, like, you know, franchise that has, you know, a cult following or popularity like Lord of the Rings or something like Game of Thrones. I mean, they're jumping into spinoffs now with House of the Dragon. Obviously, we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. But it's like, you know, is that the start of something else? Like, are we going to end up going down that same, you know, that same path with Game of Thrones? What are they going to do with Lord of the Rings? Like, after Rings of Paris, like, they're just getting their foot in the door. And then yeah. where are they going to take that down the line? I mean, who really knows? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Oh. Fuck. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, God damn it. Have we lost James? He's back. You there? Why the fuck am I here again? Oh, wait. Yeah, oh, there we go. I'm here. Yep, hello. Yep. Hello. There he is. Hello. 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 Oh, Christ. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Where were we? We were the internet died, but we were talking about how... Marvel's wrecked cinema until Tom Cruise, of course, came out with Top Gun Maverick, saved cinema. That we do know. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, but ultimately, I just I tell you what, the fact that there's people out there that are Harry Potter fans, there's people out there that are Marvel fans or Star Wars fans, and I've always felt better than you. <laughs> because I'm a Lord of the Rings guy and my movies are perfect and no one's going to ruin it because Tolkien's literary works would never be disrespected by creating spin-offs and solo films and shit like that. But here we are with the possibility happening and mm. it's my worst fucking nightmare. I There's nothing I want less than anything ever to come out that is um, Middle Earth related that is in film or television. The fact that this Rings of Power show is coming out, I've had to accept over the years. And I'm hoping, against all odds, that it doesn't suck. Mm. But so far, I mean, the production quality looks amazing. The sets look amazing. I love that they've got playing Galadriel. But other than that, I don't really know what the story is. There's only... 38 pages in the Silmarillion about the fall of Numenor, about what this story's about. So I'm like, how the fuck are they going to make seasons of a show based on it without making a bunch of shit up that isn't Tolkien? And then we're treading on, you know, other waters. And yeah, I'm, I'm concerned overall for the Lord of the Rings and the state of it moving forward, thanks to the state of Hollywood and movies right now. 
and it's about universes, it's not franchises anymore. It used to be about a series or a trilogy, and now it's like, no, there needs to be a universe. Mm. You know? It needs to have its own world. Yeah, to pump out and, content uh, for. You know, there's nothing I hate more than calling movies and TV shows content. I feel like it's so bleak. I don't know if this yeah. is just me, but I just... It fucking kills me every time I do it because it's become such a normal thing to do. Like, you call it content. It's just content. Oh, mate. Martin Scorsese is rolling content. over in his grave and he's not even dead yet. I know. You know what I mean? I know. I know. He's not even dead yet, James. He's already rolling. <laughs> oh, He's going gosh. into that... Martin Scorsese is going into his coffin on his stomach. He's not going to be on his back. He will have already... He'll be going head first into that coffin. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, He's already ready to go. It's rough. They'll have one of those massage table face gaps for him. <laughs> That's Martin uh, Scorsese's coffin. <laughs> I want that to be the thumbnails. Martin Scorsese getting lowered into a coffin. <laughs> oh my God. And you and I are just standing there next to it. Uh, and then it's just like Kevin Feige laughing in the background. <laughs> He's Might so be a bit happy. too much to ask. He's too happy. Yeah. He's so happy. He's, he's 60 <laughs> movies slated for the next two months. He's so happy about yeah. it. Yeah. He's like, it's, every just, it's just a story hour, we want to tell. The, yeah, there's every hour, there's two hours of content dropping from Marvel. We're there's just, actually we're so more... We're so passionate about this story we want to tell with these characters we love. And it's just every hour is a new Marvel property is coming out. You don't know how to. Yeah. You don't know. To, you can't live your life. You have. There's to put actually it on hold. not enough time on Earth to consume how fast they're putting out Marvel. There's physically content. not enough time. You can't do it. There's not enough. There's not enough time. No. There's not enough time. Yeah. Even if all you did was watch Marvel content, there's not enough time. No, exactly. That's how much Marvel content there is. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a competition between Twitter users as to who can consume the most Marvel content at once. They're going to have to have it on two separate screens. So on one screen you got well, that's Moon the only way season to do four, it. and on the other one you got Loki yeah. season seven, and you're trying to you're watching them back to back. And then there's a crossover moment, and it happens at four minutes and twenty eight seconds in episode three at the same and, and it's, it's at, at the same, same time. time. You get to see so you watch two yeah, different yeah. angles um, yes. on your two screens. But it's the same scene. Yeah, and it's yeah. amazing. And but you, it, you pog in real life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what will happen with the Lord of the Rings, I reckon. Um, and there's nothing there's nothing I want less. Yeah. It's quite that's yeah, it's not a nice prospect. Yeah. But for now I'm still gonna enjoy being better than all of you. Um but uh yeah. Until until they actually do ruin it. Um So hopefully I've got some time. Yeah. Well, I could only have a couple of weeks. You could, true. And they somehow ruin it. But I feel like that's so separate from the movies. It'll be when they like try to do like a fucking Gandalf show. Yeah. Or an Aragon movie. That's when they'll fuck with it. Yeah, I guess so. Because I mean, I mean, to be fair, it's already not perfect if you include The Hobbit. So The Hobbit's a separate story. It's not a prequel. People mix that up. I mean, but it's... They tried to make them... They tried to make the movies connected, right? They tried to make... They It is connected. Like Frodo's in it. It is... Gandalf's in it. Well, okay, you're talking about the the movies. You're talking about the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The book is not a prequel to The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but the book is also good, right? So it it wouldn't be ruined The book is... It's my favourite book. It's my favourite book of all time. The Hobbit book is is outstanding. It's perfection. But you're right. The movie, they tried to connect it and make it a prequel. Well, that was the problem with the Hobbit movies is they tried to make it a Lord of the Rings prequel and not The Hobbit book. The Hobbit book is The Hobbit book. It's separate to The Lord of the Rings. Gandalf and Bilbo are in them. 
But that's about it, and the and he finds the ring, but the ring has nothing to do with the Hobbit story. It's about mm-hmm. Erebor. Yeah. And Thor and Oakenshield and Smaug. Yeah. But the point being... But in the movies, they tried to like be like, but Sauron's rising, and that's connected yeah. to this, and, you know, and I was like, no, 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 that's not, that doesn't, that's not a part of the, <clears throat> that's not, you're trying to make it a thing that it isn't. And yes, you are correct, but, but that doesn't ruin, but you don't have to watch The Hobbit movies but you like, wouldn't have to I, watch any yeah. of the any of the spin-off shows but it would still be shit wouldn't it yeah well so. that's my point it's more of just like i just like having the lord of the rings yeah the hobbit's there but i like the hobbit enough like yeah it's also it's not, not an ongoing as bad thing as... it's not like we're on season seven of the hobbit like no no it was right. a it was it's a just, one and it's done a thing, thing that happened yeah it, it it had some really good moments there's a lot of things i liked about it there's a lot of things i did not like about it it's no like, it's 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 not Star Wars. You know what I mean? It's mm. better than the worst Star Wars. Um, yeah, that's not saying a lot because um, there's some pretty bad Star Wars out yeah, there. Definitely are. Um, yeah, I, um, I, I guess it's this idea <laughs> of like the a perpetual Lord of the Rings universe that's just like sounds bad and unappealing, rather than it just because being no a bad one's because no one but Marvel's got it right. And even then, they haven't got like yeah. Even then, they Marvel have got it, it right. <laughs> Marvel have got it right, but they've they've just gone like they've gone to the next step where it's like after you get it right, what can you do from there? Get it wrong. Well, no one knows. They're the only people that have attempted to go beyond. Yeah, and they haven't nailed it. It's like getting catching lightning in a bottle, doing a once in a lifetime thing twice. It can't be done. Yeah, it can't be done. And everyone else is trying to do that one thing, and no one's nailing it. No one's nailing it. Mm. yeah true you know like people have done a few things that are good like obviously we've heard a lot of them like i've heard amazing things about better call saul and that's a spin-off to breaking bad yeah but that's like its own thing it's a spin-off and it's what it is and that's it yeah they did do the el camino thing but there's a few breaking bad bits of material right game of thrones we're about to get into house of the dragon mm-hmm. that's what we've so far we've got one episode of a spin-off show but they're working on another bunch of spin-offs yeah. Eventually, eventually they wear off. They might be good for a little while, but eventually they're going to wear off. Yeah, it becomes too much. It becomes oversaturated, and that's when it becomes like you just, it's just tiresome. And, it's, and there's things that rough. don't need it ever and <clears throat> ever. I mean, Fast and the Furious franchise is probably the worst <laughs> franchise ever produced ever. Uh, and then they lie. made the like Hobbs and Shaw abortion of True, a movie, they did make like that, yeah. as well, because they're like, let's make spinoffs. Um, and it's like, that you know, flopped. let's make, well, you know, what do you expect? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I can't yeah, wait for Fast Furious 10. They're going to space. All right. I can't wait. They're going to drive cars on the moon. Vin Diesel's going to love it. Yeah. Righto. Whatever. Exciting, it's man. Fucking terrible. Fucking terrible. <laughs> It's just so awful. I love, I love Fast and Furious. I've not seen them for a while, to be fair. Like, like I've not, I've not watched the new ones. I just, uh, I keep the old ones in my memory, and I love them. Um, Yeah, it's so bad. They're so bad. Um, I'd rather watch Jurassic World trilogy. Oh no, that's so. I'd rather watch all three Jurassic World movies than watch. They just get worse, and I've not even seen them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen the third one. 
Um, the first one was I figure I can't couldn't tell you one thing that happens. Chris Pratt's in it. I know that he is in it, and he sticks um, his hand out to the Raptors. He's like, "I can control you," and he does it like seven times. It's like, dude, we get it, we get it, man. You can control the dinosaurs. Fucking hell. They trust him. They trust him. They're their friends. Um, yeah, but like you have all these different versions of spin-offs or universe builders Jurassic World's another one example like Transformers is do- like a lot of people have done it yeah um, the only people that have done it as hectic as Marvel of Star Wars have tried and they've fucking failed miserably like again yeah. there's things in it that are good that they do well because there'll be one officer that's like well that show's good or that movie's good but then the next thing they do is shit and it's like well where does Star Wars like as a whole how is it and it's like well it's not great anymore yeah, it's trying to make it and Marvel still too, great. Like Star Wars is supposed to, I feel, be disconnected in its its extended media. Like that's the fun of a Star Wars. Whereas Marvel is the the fun of it is the interconnectedness of it. Star Wars is fun is the fact that every story is something different. Whereas what they've done with their extended media is like everyone's crossing over and there's cameos and it feels like the universe is tiny. And it's like okay, but I'm excited for Cassian Andor and I know you are too. So. Um, maybe that'll be the one that'll be the winner I think I probably won't watch it to be fair Um, (laughs) no I will not watch it I'm done with I still haven't seen I haven't seen Moon Knight yeah no once Obi-Wan was all I wanted once I saw Obi-Wan and I got my closure that I needed yeah um, once I saw Obi-Wan and that was the only thing I needed and it was just Um, absolutely not what I needed I realised that it was either I start watching Star Wars or I kill myself one day um, yes, probably. Both. Well, that, that yeah, probably. I was going to say. Well, I don't think one affects the other. If we're being yeah, honest, they're not mutually exclusive at all. They're um, not mutually exclusive. No. no. Um, but yeah, no, no more Star Wars. I can't do it. I'm no not watching any. No more Star Wars. Um, yeah, I haven't seen Moon Knight. I haven't seen Miss Marvel. Uh, yeah. I haven't, didn't watch She-Hulk. I don't, Hulk I don't think I'm like, watching these don't... Marvel shows anymore either. I think I'm done. I think with I do. I I do think I'm done with the shows. Yeah, as well, I'm I'm sick of it. I can't do it anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially after watching the first episode of House of the Dragon and realizing that that's how you make a television show. Properly, well, let's get into it. Know? Let's get into it because because let's start. <clears throat> Spoilers galore for House of the Dragon. House of mm-hmm. the Dragon is the best spin-off, sequel, prequel, connected universe piece of material debut I've ever seen ever. Mm-hmm. That was ten out of fucking ten. That first episode. It was fucking fantastic. Because there's two things they had to do for me for it to be okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it's in the Game of Thrones universe. You got to make it feel like Game of Thrones. That's that's one thing. That's a separate thing. But there's two two things. I'm like, how can they do this? Because, and this isn't even just for me. This is to like be successful in my mind. Game of Thrones is known for its week to week connectedness. You're following the story. There's theories you're making. And each episode, especially towards the end, there was big moments, the wow moments, the reaction moments. And I'm like, I get that that didn't happen early in the show. That was more later in the show. But they don't have the luxury of waiting two or three seasons before wow things need to happen. They have to have shit happen episode one. But they also have to make it feel like old Game of Thrones to me, where it does feel well paced. It does feel like they're giving it time to breathe. It does feel like they're not rushing through a story. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this episode perfectly encapsulated the balance of that it was just over an hour i felt like the time was good it didn't need to be any longer 
but it was it also couldn't have been any shorter. I thought it was mm-hmm. perfectly timed. It had wow moments, but not in a way of like trying to make you do big reveals because it hasn't earned that. It used shock factor to get those reaction moments out of you. And then it gave you the time to get to know all the characters. And if you're someone that's watched the Game of Thrones show, it made it even easier to to understand who and everyone who everyone was, mm-hmm. how they're all connected, how the world works. Because you already have a lot of that information. What you're seeing is who are these characters, where do they fit in, and what are their relationships? And it managed to explain to you all of that. And by the end of the first episode, I felt like I knew who everyone was, where everyone stood, and where the pieces were sort of moving. Then it also gave me some wow shock moments and even some cool little reveals there. James, what are your general overview thoughts of House of the Dragon episode one? Yeah, I was, I was, I mean, spinoff shows have been a bit like hit or miss with, mostly miss um, with things that, you know, we've seen recently. And so it was a bit of a worry, like, uh, how are they going to handle this? Like, Game of Thrones didn't end so well. There was a lot of issues. Like, how are they going to bring this back to what made Game of Thrones successful while also making it unique? Um, did you can i ask a quick exciting. question interject mm-hmm. just of something you mentioned yeah did you feel like because game of thrones ended bad mm-hmm. that you weren't even sure whether you wanted to be back in westeros because that's how i felt they almost needed to i'm like look yeah. i'm excited to watch this but until it starts i don't even know if i want this show i don't even know if i want to be back in game of thrones yeah i don't know do i want to be back in westeros yeah i definitely felt that too it was it was even like a pump like when it got a bit closer to it coming out i was definitely excited like when it came to watching i was like i'm excited to watch this because there's so much about game of thrones that i did love um but i think leading up to it it was like a a bit like like anxious is this going to be you know are they going to get it right do they understand what made it successful in the first place and you go into it and the show like it the, like not only does this establish a setup for a season to come and a show you know to happen with multiple seasons and for it to just establish its world and its characters and its base this episode also has a story in of itself like a theme a purpose too it's not just saying oh tune in next week and maybe something will happen it's like no something happened in this episode like it had a story to tell in this episode which was always what was so fun about shows like game of thrones or breaking bad you know traditional television shows where you know you watch one episode and yeah it's it it, it establishes things and it connects and it moves forward like an overarching plot but it also has a story to tell in that singular episode that you can get invested in and that actually helped move the overarching plot along so like the whole plot of this episode was you know the king struggling with you know his need to find an heir you know you know his wife being pregnant that whole plot line and how it ended up in the in in the very end and you you sort of invested in that and this family and like that struggle and you know it, it it all just worked together to tell a story and then set up you know well now we're moving into a second episode where's where's it going to go from here sort of thing and it was just you know it delivered on what i wanted from a television show and i was like this is great and then on top of that it also managed to bring me back into game of thrones remind me why i loved it it did all of like it was it was paced so wonderfully it wasn't like rushing from thing to thing to thing like we're so used to from like season eight of game of thrones it was like really taking its time the politics was so fun like it just felt like game of thrones it's like seeing people sitting around a fucking table talking about shit it was fucking great it was fucking brilliant the, the, yeah. the small things yeah. were great it was just overall just that i just think yeah they nailed it for sure yeah i totally agree i totally agree and even just from the start where they're establishing the world and they give you that recap and um you uh and they're sort of going through the history and where where we are uh in in the world 
and even doing the for those more casual listeners or the casual viewers Mm -hmm. um where this connects to game of thrones the show Mm -hmm. and they sort of like did a bit of a prologue and then had the text and then then highlighted 178 years before daenerys targaryen essentially is what it was trying to say um Mm -hmm. but it had um um Rhaenyra's, I'm, the yeah, princess Rhaenyra's was was narrating because mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people realize there's two actors that play this character. So this young mm-hmm. one that was in this first episode will not be the actress that plays her for the show. Yeah, that's just yeah. the young version of her. There's an older actress that I think assume will be in the next episode, and then that's it from there there on. Mm-hmm. Which sort of sucks because I thought the actress was really great. She was really good. Yeah. She was very good. They're all very um, good, actually. The casting was really, really good. I think everyone nailed it. Yeah, it was really solid. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure about um, King Viserys at oh, first. Right. Okay. He just felt like sort of a dude. I'm like, I didn't really feel like because I just feel like Targaryens. There's got to be something about him, right? There's gotta be a bit of like, a, a, there's got to be a bit about him, mm-hmm. a bit of an aura, a bit of a mysticism. But no, I definitely he grew on me throughout throughout the episode. But mm-hmm. um, it went through sort of. And establish the relationships and, and like you said, and I mean, it's called Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. It is still a Game of Thrones happening here and it is about the Iron Throne and who sits on the Iron Throne and why they need to sit in the Iron Throne, which we'll get into later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sort of just quickly established um, that Princess, R- 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 well... So you got Rhaenyra, and it, is it, are they both Rhaenyra? Is is the aunt also Rhaenyra? I'm gonna be honest with you. It's gonna take me a few episodes to get to know all their names properly. I don't, um, I don't know who anyone is. I'm gonna be honest. Well, I do, but yeah. like also, I can't remember their names. They're fucking Targaryen names. It's all weird. Yeah. Well, you've got um, you've got. I'm just gonna say, Viserys and his and his sister. Yeah. Uh, Viserys is chosen as the next heir. Um, after his grandfather died, it mm-hmm. wasn't actually his father because his father, I think, had like five children, and then Viserys, I think it was his sister that is his wife. I think, I think, because we do know the Targaryens used to interbreed. They definitely to did make do more that. Targaryens. Um, and uh, then you we have young. Uh, Rhaenyra, who's sort of, I guess, our main character of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see her flying in. So, okay. Prologue's great. We establish who the king is. We establish where this is set in the timeline. And it says it is now the ninth year of King Viserys Targaryen's reign, uh, 172 years before the death of the Mad King Ares and the birth of his daughter, Princess Daenerys Targaryen. So 172 years before Daenerys Targaryen. Mm-hmm. Then we see clouds. And I knew straight away, I'm like, fuck yeah. We're getting a dragon straight up. We're getting a straight up dragon straight away. Um, thoughts on the opening sequence of uh, Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra. I keep fucking forgetting. I don't know their names. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's going to take names. a bit. Give it a shot. It'll, it'll take a little bit. Yeah. Rhaeny- I'm pretty sure it's Rhaenyra. Um, she flies in on her dragon and into King's Landing uh, and. It's got its own sort of version of the Game of Thrones theme playing. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Don't know about you. I just as I was watching with 
um, a few of my friends, turn, I literally like, soon as she lands the dragon, I turn to Jared and he looks at me and he goes, I already fucking love this show. I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> this is exactly, I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, what, what did you think just sort of that opening sequence there? <clears throat> uh, yeah, no, I thought it, I thought it was, it was, it was an establishing sort of shot that I think sort of worked to, it brings you back into the world of Game of Thrones. Like obviously King's Landing is a very iconic location, which I think was, you know, it was seeing that again and you got a dragon and it, there was very sort of, um, with her flying on the dragon and even with like the clothes she's wearing too, there's some, it, I feel like there was some Daenerys parallels there. Um, just with some sort of like, yeah, just just the just the way she was dressed and the way she looked. I think it was trying to draw. I think it was trying to draw a bit of a parallel there, which I think was 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 interesting. Um, but I think overall, the way that it was just the way that it looked. I just yeah, I think it was just a really nice establishing shot. I think it was just like obviously very different from the way that uh, Game of Thrones opens in its very first episode. Um, but I think that is sort of to the benefit of the show because it doesn't then try to be uh, Game of Thrones. It tries to do its own thing and I think it succeeds in doing that. Um, and it, it really manages to sort of set the tone because obviously with, you know, we're following Targaryens in the show, which is the, the, the main point. Um, and I think, you know, yeah, opening with opening with a with, with a shot of a dragon and opening from the skies, I think is, you know, it really, it, I, think, I just think it worked to solidify you know that this show is going in a bit of a different direction which i think is the one thing i was worried about is like are they going to just copy game of thrones like how are they going to set this apart and it just felt like similar enough but also you know we're we're, we're going somewhere new with it and do it doing you know what we should be doing with these characters and with this and it just was yeah just a beautiful opening in general the music was fantastic um it looked great i think i've seen a lot of people say the cgi was a bit off um, I don't think it was in the opening shot. I think there was some maybe some points in the middle where it was, but I think during the opening, I think it looked um, yeah. pretty solid yeah, overall. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a television show, and there's only I'd rather them spend money on making just the show good than if I don't. I'm not that bothered by mm -hmm. some fucking CGI's not spot on point yeah. to look like it's a fucking real dragon. It's fucking television at the end of the day, like you know. Yeah. That's that's just me personally. As long as the show writing's good, it's probably more important than the CGI. Yeah, way more important. I don't. I really don't understand why people are so bent up about CGI. I'm like, you used to watch so much bullshit CGI and never complained about it, but now that like you can have good CGI if you've got a billion dollars, mm. every show better look like it's fucking the greatest CGI of all time. I think you know. Yeah, I think as long as the, like the show takes it seriously and they tr try their best, like I, I don't think it really matters that much. I never like so, like. Yeah, maybe the CGI wasn't the most perfect thing in the world, but like, I it didn't look bad. I don't think. I, I, I didn't think it. No, I bad. never. I was never taken out by the CGI. No, um, personally, no, I thought it looked fine. Um, it, it does well to establish certain relationships and how those certain events happen later in the show will have those consequences. Obviously, um, Princess Rhaenyra visits her mother um, to check on her. She's pregnant at the time. Mm -hmm. um, with what everyone's hoping is. Uh, what King Viserys certainly hopes is his son, um, his firstborn son, and will then become heir um, to uh, the Iron Throne. Now, we'll get onto that later, but you're just sort of establishing Rhaenyra's relationship with her mother and how close they are because she wants to check on her. And you sort of get that duty and where the women stand in this world. It's not quite even as 
advanced as it is in, you know, the time of the original Game of Thrones show. Mm. Where sure, women were treated like shit, but I just feel like even more so, they're treated like shit here in the sense of, there's not even a conversation about you having a role anywhere else, but you make babies and that's what you do. That's your job. Um, Then you see the small council meeting, you start to get a vibe of the politics, which we all love, um, the different roles of the different uh, characters and who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I guess as well, like really key important figures in the show, Otto Hightower, the Hand of the King, is an important one. Mm-hmm. He's the and and this is a family, the Hightower family, very important Game of Thrones family uh, that we didn't see a lot of in the original Game of Thrones show. I believe the only Hightower we see is uh, Gerald Hightower, who's the um, the Lord Commander of the King's Guard to the Mad King, and we see him at the castle of, of the Tower of Joy. Um, getting thrown spoilers when Ned kills him and Sir Arthur Dane. Mm-hmm. They're the two Targaryen knights. So that's the only Hightower we really see, um, <clears throat> as far as I'm aware, in the Game of Thrones show. But they're obviously a lot more important and connected to the Targaryens here. Otto's the Hand of the King. Um, we see his son and daughter. Um, who are very important, uh, Alicent Hightower, um, who also has two actresses as well, I've just found out. Um, Emily Carey played her in this episode, and then you've got Olivia Cook, who's playing her um, later in the show when she's older. Mm -hmm. And I must say, she's, you know, (laughs) she looks okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She's... Woo, uh, gorgeous. Uh, but anyway, um, that's one, one important family that we see. Um, we've got um, Collis Valerian, Valerion, Valerian, Valerion, um, which is another family we don't see a lot of, but he is, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure what his role was in the um, small council, but he's married to the king's sister who had a claim to the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, also named... Uh, no, not named Rhaenyra, Rhaenyris, Rhaenyris yeah. Targaryen or Rhaenyris Valerion, since she's married to Lord Valerion. Um, so you just sort of get a vibe of that. Uh, the Grand Maester is exactly the same as the Grand Maester from Game of Thrones. Love that. They kept that just very similar vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just sort of get a lay of the land and the introduction to, I guess, the other main character of the show main villain at this point, Prince Daemon Targaryen, played by Matt Smith, who yeah. I thought Matt Smith did an amazing job. Oh, he killed it. I'm so happy for him. Yeah. He's, My um, boy. He's a great actor. He's a great actor. He is. Great actor. He is, so. and he's really doing bits and bobs here. Um, and then you sort of get that scene. And I'm not really sure on his relationship with Rhaenyra, because he seemed to be quite fond of her while she was a bit, like, cautious of him and knows what he's like, mm-hmm. but also sort of a bit of admiration there. Like even though they're the ones really that are fighting for the throne in terms of who's next in line, mm-hmm. they seem to trust each other as well. Yeah. Did you get that vibe? Um, yeah, I guess to an extent. I guess it to me it kind of felt like they were both sort of trying to... I don't know. I guess there was an element of trust there, I suppose. But, I mean, we don't really know a great deal of, you know, how close they are, I guess. But... I, I guess I sort of got the sense that 
they were trying to like i don't know maybe 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 a conflict could emerge um after this episode now that you know she she has become um well i think heir. it's pretty clear damon wants the throne yeah right? yeah but i think i i guess at this point i guess I, maybe he just doesn't see her as a threat um, no i don't think he does at and this there's point. more no, of a no, there's no. more of like a sort of just you know general respect between the two of them because i don't think she also yeah. as much as she she you know wanted to mean more to her father i guess she also didn't think you know oh you know i, could, I don't think I she ever wanted to be the heir um yeah. or whatever so we we also see rhaenyra's relationship with uh alison hightower because obviously she's the daughter of the king and alison's the daughter of the hand of the king mm-hmm. and they're very similar age yeah. So they seem like best friends. But also, there's a couple of looks Rhaenyra gives Alice, and I'm like, I think there's a bit of love in the air Ooh, here as well. Interesting. There was a few looks, and I just got the vibe. Yeah, you know and what? And we I operate on vibe here. Yeah. Um, from the, the first vibe. scene, yeah, there was a look that she gives her when she's getting in the cart at the opening scene when she flies in a dragon. <clears> I'm like, well, that was a I'm checking you out look. Hmm. So I'm just throwing that out there. And I'm all for it. Yeah. Absolutely all for it. Um, but, yeah, and you sort of see that relationship start to get established um, throughout. And then, obviously, the continued build-up of King Viserys' obsession and this dream. And he keeps talking about this dream he had. And you're just like, why is he talking about a dream like it's reality and that's what's going to happen about a son being born? But then we learn later that the Targaryens sort of... Uh, establish a lot of their rule off of the dream mm. and dreams. And we, we do know in the future, the mad King had some dreams as well. Yeah. Um, so a common thread of the Targaryens. Um, and he's just like, no, I know you're going to give me a son. That's going to happen. And they're setting up this festival um, in the honor of the oncoming heir. But we do see Damon, establish himself he's lord commander of the um is it the king's guard or the, no it's the gold cloaks yeah. um oh, the, yeah the, uh, the boys the boys the boys uh, uh, and he just of the city watch and he just mm. goes around and fucking brutally massacres a lot of people chopping off heads hands limbs he balls that. that was fucking gruesome dude that mm. was it mm-hmm. was a lot it was a lot and i was like okay this is Game of Thrones. Yeah. This feels like brutal Game of Thrones. Yeah. And Damon seemed to fucking love it. For sure. And I think that was, you know, a moment... Because I guess Game of Thrones, like, it's not that that much, like, older. But I guess, like... I guess you sometimes consider with things like this, like, are we in a period now where people are going to be, like, not take to, you know, too much, you know, violence and stuff and, like, you know, all of that. So I guess it's nice to see that, like... Overall, I think this episode as well does a good job to like be like we're doing the same stuff we were doing before. Like we're not we're not dumbing it down or we're not you know yeah. censoring it. Like the show is still it's still got all those things that make Game of Thrones. And so you know seeing this sort of visceral violence and what you know Damon is 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 doing here and you know you know it, it, even like enjoying doing that. You know it. it works to characterize him and then like ground that in the game of thrones sort of you know the the whole tone and the vibe and I, I thought that was that was good it was nice to see that they're still they're not shying away from stuff like that that, that you know it would be silly if they did but you just you never really know i guess um yeah it was you know it's good to see 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I definitely, I felt like it was more gruesome. Like I felt mm-hmm. like they were establishing that this time is actually more brutal than it is in the future. Yeah. In terms of the way you see the tournament go um, with the jousting, we never saw afterwards people killing each other after these tournaments. After the tournaments, that was sort of it. You saw like a glimpse of it in season one with the hound and the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, when the mountain kills his horse Yeah. Um, after losing, but... We didn't see, like, we see a whole bunch of, you know, as this um, tournament begins and we see a few different houses and and the fact that some people um, see um, Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra the, the sister of the king. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's going to take me a while to remember all the names. Rhaenyris. Rhaenyra is our main character. Rhaenyris is the, the aunt. Oh, my God. Um, yeah that some of the houses actually saw are still supportive of her. We saw that the Baratheon bloke um, wanted her favor. The queen that never was, he called her. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just all these relationships that's clearly going to build into something, um, especially for Rhaenyra, who is the heir. And I'm sure she'll get advice from her aunt about how fucking, I mean, I think we even saw in trailer her mentioning how tough it's going to be. No woman's ever sat in the Iron Throne and, the pressure that is, and that's a whole tension of story arc. There's also Damon that Damon that clearly wants the throne, mm-hmm. and the, it just, this episode does a very good job at establishing how, why he should never have the throne, yeah. um, and why they don't. At least those in power at this point don't want him on the throne, especially um, Hi, um, Otto Hightower, who seemed. I don't know. I got uh, Tywin Lannister type vibes mm-hmm. in terms of a bit manipulative and certainly looking for his own, um, own gains. Yeah. yeah. L- much yeah. like, any, um, the little fingers and, yeah. um, the Tywins of game of Thrones There's always those characters that are as much as they're there to help the realm there. There's also a lot of benefits for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think too much of the action within the tournament. Like it was just more about, those relationship buildings and those conversations that were happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was almost like just like kind of like a and backdrop. And I think it was like a nice sort of, I don't know, like visual sort of representation of these different houses sort of come, like butting heads. I feel like it was sort of like almost like a, this is sort of like the start of, you know, what will become a, you know, a, a, a time of sort of, I guess like these different these different houses coming against each other sort of thing like a like a turbulent time sort of thing i just thought it sort of worked with these conversations as well where you'd like you know you're finding out at the same time you know what's what's happening to Viserys's heir and everything and you're you're learning about that and you've got these conversations going on um i it sort of worked as a nice sort of visual representation i guess of what was what like what, what it means for the 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 world of westeros i suppose at this point in time um which was i don't know i thought that was quite nice although maybe it was a bit like it went on for a while um and like i kind of got it you know i was kind of like i get it but like then it just kind of kept going and it was like yep we're just gonna keep we're gonna keep jousting and it was like you know the dialogue and stuff kept it interesting obviously um yeah so then that was the main important part. but there was a lot of jousting there was a lot a lot of this episode was jousting yeah yeah, it was. Um, but in the, amongst the jousting was the shock horror scene of the of the episode, mm-hmm. which was when King Viserys um, and his wife was in labor, and 
the labor was not going well and it was sort of establishing that they're both the baby and her are going to die. But they could save the baby if while she's alive, they cut open her belly yeah. and pull the fucking baby out. And th- dude, this scene was fucking horrifying. Oh, yeah, it was. It was fucked. Especially like, it starts off the idea of it you like, hearing about it, you're like, oh, fuck, that sounds fucked. Mm. What's that going to be like? But then once they start the procedure and you hear her actually going like and screaming for help and wanting and not wanting it to happen, you're like, oh god, this is not, this is not okay. Yeah, this is just not <clears throat> not cool. I'm not vibing with this whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, and then the, the, how much they showed of it and her scream, like, dude. I know, they really went in. I, I've got it up right now, and we were all looking. I was like, everyone's in the game. We were all looking away. I couldn't watch. I could not watch. I was fucked. It was really rough, especially like the like and the way you know like what's gonna happen and the way he's like talking to his wife, being like you know holding the hand and being like I love you, and then like her sort of realizing what's happening. Like it was just it was just like the whole thing was so there was a, there was a there, it was a lot. Um, yeah, and and you know that it felt like a Game of Thrones moment in the sense of like this is something Game of Thrones would do, but they haven't done it before. So mm. it felt like this new, big, shocking, wow, Game of Thrones in your face moment. Like when you see the mound squash Oberyn's fucking head. Mm-hmm. It was just that sort of gruesome of like, they're cutting this woman open. She's dying to pull this baby out. And she's screaming, there's blood everywhere. And they're showing so much of it. Mm. And then you have this moment and I'm like, it'll be a girl. It'll fucking be a girl. And um, we're all sort of waiting for that moment. And then you find out it's a boy and you're like, oh, wow, what a relief. But the look that the grandmaster sort of giving is like, congratulations, you have a boy, but he sort of gives this look and we're like, we're looking yeah. to like, is it like deformed? Like what's what's up with the kid? And then everyone's sort of getting news and leaving um, the tournament. And the next thing you know, you cut to um, Rhaenyra crying, Damon behind her and clearly we're at a funeral and you see the pyres lit and then you see her mother's body there, but then you see a baby's body wrapped up and realizing that mm. they both died in that Man, moment. that's so rough. That's just, God. Like, it, and I think it does a really good job also to, like, it does a lot for Viserys as well. Like, you know, for his characterization, like, who he is and to, like, set him on, you know, where's he going to be in, in episode two? Like, mentally, like, how is this going to affect him, you know? Like, because not only did he lose his son and his wife he he chose to kill his wife basically and then the, his son died anyway um so it's like this you know he had to go through that he also you know obviously you know he doesn't have the air that he originally wanted you know his plans have gone in a different direction um it's a lot to go through and i think you can see as well like he obviously cares for his family it's not like he's a cold-hearted horrible person he just did yeah. it because you know he had to do it and he didn't really care like obviously this has affected him um and I think this is sort of like one of those big, you know, a, a big moment for a character like that. Um, yeah. Especially one that's supposed to be a leader and is supposed to be the king. Like, how is this going to affect, you know, his rule um, going forward sort of thing? I think, you know, it could be interesting to see if that has a large impact. Um, and I think that works well. You also see an important moment between Damon and Rhaenyra, which is him trying to push her to... to you know, do her sort of duty and be there for her, her father. And the one thing I think that bonds the two of them is their relationship with Viserys. 
which mm. is they both just want his approval and mm. attention and communication and a relationship. That's what Damon wants. He just wants to be the he wants he said he wants to be the hand of the king. He yeah. wants to be there for his brother. He wants to fe- have his brother make him feel important and that it respected. And all Rhaenyra wants is, you know, she's felt like all her fathers wanted is a son. And she even says in that moment, I hope in the hours that she had a brother that her father found happiness. Mm. But it was a very spiteful way, she was saying. And I just yeah. think that's a really interesting way that they're connecting those two characters, that they have that same sort of dynamic with Viserys as well. Mm-hmm. Um. And then you get the whole moment of like, clearly some like, oh, okay, they're going to do the, they want a Daenerys Dracarys moment. And they're obviously making that connection of that too. Rhaenyra is to us as an audience. Yeah. She's the Daenerys. Um, all the, all the closest thing to, you know, a Targaryen woman that's strong, powerful and that we where obviously they want us to root for. Yeah. Until they don't. Um, <laughs> out of nowhere. Until they, yeah. Um, until they suddenly don't and decide yeah. to change it. That's yeah, fine though. In like, on a whim. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then obviously the line of session gets really discussed. It becomes a big argument. The, the small council's like, what the fuck we need? You can't be Damon. You didn't have a son. We've got to talk about this. Who's going to be, you know, and that whole debate happens. And this really was a whole episode of debating the crown at our game of Thrones and using that to establish a relationship, using that to establish the characters, using that to establish story dynamics and what's going on moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that was a really interesting moment where we really see the Game of Thrones start to be played Yeah, on all fronts. Um, we see Otter Hightower send his daughter to comfort the king, and that's like, yeah, that mm. moment of like, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding yeah. me. Yeah, because you do as well, I think, for a lot of the episode, I feel, I felt that Otto was pretty loyal, like a pretty, you know, good good guy. But it clear like yeah. it, you know, you get to this and you realize, like, you know, now now the king is vulnerable and there's you know the potential for, you know, make you know giving getting yourself more power, at some point, you know, sending his daughter to do that, you're like, okay, you know, everyone is sort of playing this game now. Everyone's trying to yeah. get one up on the nothing's king. changed, um, nothing's changed, and I like that because 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 as well, like you you're sort of led to sort of I guess trust the kings in a circle. And to see, you know, Damon as the as as just this bad guy, but there is that moment where, you know, he comes to see him and he talks to him and he says, like, you know, the the council sees you as weak, like, I like I wouldn't let that happen. I, you know, would only empower you and everything. But the king still, you know, he sends him away and he still trusts his people. But we know, like, from what we've seen, obviously behind the scenes, and we're like, oh, they don't have his best interests at heart, like. Maybe that wasn't the right decision. And then it adds some like nuance into it because you're like, okay, so now the people we thought we could trust, we don't necessarily trust. And like, is Damon completely like a bad guy? You know, is there some merit to him? Like, does he actually just want the best, you know, for Viserys? And it, you know, become, it makes it a lot more complex, a lot more complicated. And I think that that sets up a lot of things for the future of the season to explore and see where it takes it, which I think was just like a really interesting moment. Um, in the, by the way, as well, I just want to point out the Iron Throne looks sick in this show as well. I'm just yeah, looking at the scene now. It looks it looks yeah, it really does. fucking cool. I'm a big fan. It looks very good. No, it looks very good. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on there, and it isn't. And Damon's still, you know, the the heir, I guess, until he goes into a whorehouse and is pretty much laughing at the fact that that is 
um, sister's dead, um, and he's still the heir, and that's pretty much the pushover point for Viserys mm-hmm. to remove him yeah. from court and make Rhaenyra the heir to the Iron Throne. Obviously, there's a lot of discussion that happens here, um, but there's quite a scene between Damon and Viserys. Yeah, it's it's a um, good scene, and the, and you have the King's Guard sort of like bordered between them mm-hmm. um separating them and it's really it's a good i guess metaphor um of of that power and that separation between the two of them and that that wall has always been you know the throne and that power and yeah it's damon clearly is uh, you know that he wants it because i think the show makes you think that but in his actions, it's not really clear that he wants to just be king. I think he just wants respect and approval. Yeah. Yeah. There's simpler things for him. I don't necessarily think he's a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Fully. Brutal, yes. Arrogant, yes. Is he bad? I don't know yet. Yeah. I'm not ready to say he's to bad. Him. And I think that's what makes it so yeah. interesting. Because it's gonna be explored and we're gonna we're gonna see. Um, which will be, you know, it'll be interesting. Then we get a really good scene, I felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, like an old dragon skull, this fucking enormous dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest we've ever seen. Um, and just establishing that he was the last living creature to see old Valyria before the, before the doom, where mm-hmm. the Targaryens came from before Westeros. And he pretty much tells um, Rhaenyra that she will be the heir, but he does it in such a way to pretty much explain the plot of Game of Thrones that... The Long Night's coming, and it was established by Aegon in a dream. That's why he came to Westeros, because a Targaryen, the only way to defeat them was a Targaryen had to sit in the Iron Throne. That was the prophecy. Pretty much the prophecy of Azor High, the prophecy of Jon Snow coming. And he has the. then they show the dagger. It's the dagger Arya uses to kill the Night King. Like, it's sort of that... They establish a clear connection between this show and the purpose of this show and Game of Thrones, and why them being on the Iron Throne is important to Game of Thrones. I liked it a lot in the moment. Reflecting on it, I'm not too sure if it was too on the nose for the show and trying to establish it. That's the reason that Targaryen sit on the throne. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. it. Was... Like in the moment, I really liked it, but mm. I don't know if it's it makes full sense. Yeah, I think potentially in tying it so heavily and just outwardly just saying it exactly as it is like because and we know exactly what happens like he's like like what he said was exactly what happens um was like okay so, so other than the targaryen isn't sitting on the throne so yeah. fucking lannister's on the throne when the, yeah. when the night king's defeated true and so i guess i i guess it i guess the one thing the question it begs is like so is this show like what is it going to explore because like we know how game of thrones plays out we know how it starts we know who's on the throne we know who how it ends um we know what happens with the night king we know what happens you know with with all of that so if the entire point of this show is for them to be like okay we've got to stay on the throne because this is what's got to happen it's like the prophecy it's the you know the dream you know a targaryen's got to be on the throne to be able to defeat what's coming from the north then 
I mean, does that then not negate the entire point of the show? Because we know that doesn't happen, and like, I don't I, know. I like, guess, I guess, I guess, maybe in some ways, but from what I understand and what I do know about, um, what I do know about this series and this show is that. A lot of Targaryens and a lot of dragons, I want to say a lot of, I mean, all the dragons die. Um, yeah, true. And that's sort of what happens around this time. So, like, I guess that's partly the risk of it. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, we do know a Targaryen is at least on the throne up until Robert's Rebellion, yeah. which is not a part of this show and is a long, long time after this. Yeah. So what is the purpose of the show? Does it have its own purpose? Like it, it establishes its own connection. It establishes its own cast of characters. It establishes that it is a Game of Thrones. What is its own purpose? I don't think we know yet. Yeah, I think that's the only thing, I guess, for me, is that with Game of Thrones, like it was fun to sort of speculate, oh, who's going to, you know, be on the Iron Throne at the end? You know, that was like, well, at least... And I guess we don't days. know that either. Like um, if you don't know the story... Yeah, I um, guess so. But we know the Targaryens keep the throne we know that happens yeah but you don't know um, you don't know which one you don't know who you don't know how right? yeah i suppose so yeah and there could be yeah it could yeah it could take it in a bit of a di- bit well of is a it is it Re- Re- is it rhaenyra or is it daemon or is it someone else there's another Targaryen. like we don't know yeah yeah what's gonna play out next once viserys dies i mean we do if you look up like book details and shit but if you don't <laughs> you're just watching the show you don't know like there obviously is the tension there mm-hmm. why spoil it for yourself you know what i mean yeah yeah. Um, I did, but I've already sort of fucking forgotten, to be honest. Um, like, I know made certain events that happen, but mm-hmm. I don't really want to look back into it. I just sort of want to enjoy the show and forget that I know things. Yeah, because um, yeah, otherwise, like, what's the point? <laughs> you know? But it was cool to see everyone swearing fealty to the next heir, because we haven't seen that before with the king being alive, because it was always in Game of Thrones, that thing of, like, the king's dead, who's the heir? And people fighting over who does the next right. And <clears throat> yeah. here they make it very clear... This is the process. We just had all the major houses swear an oath to the crown and to her that she's the next heir and they'll honor that in name of King Viserys first of his name. Yeah. Like, that's a big deal in front of court to do that. And then it's like, well, you have to honor it. That is the next heir. That is established. That's done unless he has a son with this fucking Hightower girl because I feel like that's where this is going. Yeah. Um, and it's like, how's that? Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess what the point is of the show is to just explore the political conflict that comes from a point like this in the history of Westeros more than it's to have like a definitive point I suppose which yeah is in a way actually more interesting than the whole like Game of Thrones like oh the world's gonna end because of the evil you know White Walkers and stuff um so I guess I kind of do appreciate that as a as a purpose of the show is more to explore you know what happens you know what what do these other houses do 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 they do they keep their loyalty you know is that what sort of fighting are we going to see um how is the politics going to play out to get us to the point that you know we already know where it ends up but like you know how do we get there and what happens and what's the drama that we get to you know explore in the characters and their relationships and things so um yeah i suppose it doesn't need like a a huge you know purpose necessarily um, yeah, but but man, did it really get the vibe right? It truly did. It got the vibe of that the throne room scenes right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this feels like Game of Thrones. The yeah. actors, like you said, were great. Costume design, great sets, oh, great. Yeah. 
Um, we see Damon leave with, with some woman of his on his dragon at the end as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tension is already building. And obviously there's going to be a bit of a time jump mm-hmm. at some point, whether that's in the next episode or in a few episodes after. But we've established who the current king is, how he feels about it, who the next heir is, but who also wants to vie for the throne, who is also playing the Game of Thrones and manipulating things. Some major overarching things in his connection to Game of Thrones with why Targaryen sit on the throne and why they wanted to sit on the throne originally and that secret um, of the dream of the long night and to fight against that. Mm-hmm. Um, and dude, I, I'd fucking dug it. I loved it. I, I could, it could not have been better. Yeah. It was fantastic. It just could not have been better. I think it was the perfect opening. It established characters. It established tone. It had a great soundtrack. It looked really good. Um, just, yeah, great writing, like really good pacing, just everything, yeah. It was just fantastic. It was, and I think it's really cool um, to be here for, you know, the first episode of a new Game of Thrones. Because I started watching Game of Thrones uh, when it was just starting its fourth season. So, like, I wasn't there from day one for Game of Thrones. So, to be here, you know, day one, to yeah. be able to talk about it and, you know, discuss it with everybody and 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 everything and talk about it on podcasts and stuff is really cool it's quite yeah you know a unique thing to be there at the start of a show um like this and and it can be as you know impactful as you know game of thrones was in its in its day so yeah and the fact that the same like in the credits um this the game of thrones song was playing like it just built up to that classic like and you're like so good fucking Oath. it's so good i said Fucking i said oath. um before because they used a little bit of the game of thrones theme in the in one of the trailers i said on twitter i was like i don't know whether i love it or hate it but i, definitely I love it love because it, it because in, in this show. is game it's not it's not just house of the dragon yeah. this is still it's called game of thrones house of the dragon yeah, yeah yeah and i was i was worried i guess i was worried that maybe i mean i i just ha- i'm just very cynical and i was just worried that like the show would be a very different thing but would then still use the game of thrones music just for the sake of it but it made perfect sense to use the game of thrones music like it, it is game I'm of glad, thrones which is you know and i'm glad they did the cold open to start this episode because mm-hmm. apparently they're not gonna have the opening title sequence until the next week the next episode yeah i did hear that now i want it to just be the game of thrones intro yeah i think but I do with too. it set now um and i think that's just what it needs to be normally i'd want them to have their own intro but i just think it can same music same theme just have its own thing. If, even if it's a, like a bit of a remix to it, but yeah, it's more or less the same. A bit like they do a dearly beloved, like it's still dearly beloved at the yeah, start of every Kingdom yeah. Hearts, you know? But it's like a different mix of it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think it needs to be that. Yeah. That's how I feel. I think that'd be really So cool. I think it was a different mix in the credits as well for it. It wasn't quite, I'm listening to it now. Yeah, I think it was different a little bit. Just slightly, just slightly. Yeah, just a um, little bit. Yeah, a little I'd bit love of that. Fire. But yeah, I think that would work because it, it, it is Game of Thrones and I think they've earned it and established at this point. Like, this is Game of Thrones. Yeah, they did it the right yeah, way by yeah. not doing it in the first episode. Yeah. They're like, no, let, let, let us sell you that we're Game of Thrones and then we'll be Game of Thrones. Mm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, loved it. Great episode to start the show. Can't wait for next week and to follow on for the next 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, House of the Dragon. Let us know in the comments. What did you think about it? Obviously, if you're an As Always member over on patreon.com forward slash As Always, you can head over to our Discord for As Always members mm-hmm. where there is a House of the Dragon 
Spoiler chat, please don't spoil the future of this show if you read the books. That's not what it's for. It's just yeah. for the show. Yeah, just for the so show. So if it hasn't happened in the show, yeah, don't fucking... Because I saw some people doing that and I'm like, please shut the fuck up. This is not a spoiler <laughs> chat for the book. It's a spoiler chat for the show. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. Um, but thank you everybody for tuning into this episode of the As Always podcast. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. I'm sure we'll talk more Game of Thrones then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll see you next week for the Four Pillars podcast and the Clubhouse podcast over on patreon.com forward slash as always. So again, just a little as a dollar a month, you could have it over there and get exclusive access to almost 150 episodes of streamable Clubhouse episodes, the best podcast on the internet. And at the $5 tier and above, you get on the credits at the end of every single podcast, including this one. So thank you to... Ollie the Superior Ollie, Baron King, Damien the Nonsa Orange Gnome, Farentino, Flash Paradox, King Richard III, Olbrick, Ryan Hafer, Bullsack 47, Aragon, Kimasaba Gamma Cream Pies, hashtag make the nice guys too, please, for the love of fuck Hollywood, Adam Sundling, Alfie Robert, Andrew, Big Dick 6699, Ben Higgins is thankful for a stick brethren, Ben Nick Clubbers, BFHC, Biggest Fucking Virgin, Bodge, Beaker of the Elder, Brian Ford, Call Me Daddy, Callum, aka I used to be Thefnus, but then I took an arrow to the knee, Christian 0210, Condor Rose, Bull in the Alley, Disciple Alaric, Eli, Mill Catborg, Redito Hacker, Ethan Dean, Fat Fuck Cuck, Fishy, Furious Coco, Gene, Gimme a Pin, Skinko Swag, Gwen Hughes, Hammer the Weeb, Jack DG1998, Jaden B. Bennett, Joe the Famous Gab, John Lang, Josh Duvillier, Josh J. Anderson, Joshua Mori, Kid Ghostly, Liam Loden, Lucas R05, Lumistrad, Mario5380, Master Bass, Max H, Muddy Unicorn, Nick Miller, Otaku World 7, our favorite. Our best and favorite mod brownie, play the rules. Radok, Ravjar, Seth, Son of a Bitch, OG Adoga. So James hates the Batman too because he kills people, Spiky Bucks, Bella Junk, the Blue Cow, Tony Walshy, and Zeppo. Thank you, you sweet Vincent Lads, for the Power this podcast. And we'll see you next time for another episode of the As Always podcast. Thank you. And goodbye. See you soon, everybody. Bye bye.